Later, in the living room, with her shoes off and her feet tucked under her, Holly said, That was some story. That was the edited version. The way my grandmother told it, it went on all night, with giants jumping through prison bars and getting themselves cut in half and mad goblins and talking fish and God knows what else. Daisy adored it. You're really good with her. I have a little girl of my own someplace. About a year older than Daisy. I didn't know that you and Sandy had a daughter. Oh, we didn't. She was somebody else's. That was the reason Sandy and me split up. Well, one of the reasons we split up. I'm sorry. Don't you ever get to see her? Your daughter, I mean? Mickey shook his head. Her mother and I had what you might call a tempestuous relationship. Screaming, fighting, smashing dishes. Boxes of Cheerios out of the window. Oh, yes, cats and fried eggs, too. In the end, I thought it was better if I graciously bowed out. I didn't mean to pry. No, forget it. I don't think about it anymore. Ever thought of marrying again? Gotta find the right woman. Hair like a raven's wing. Cheeks as white as snow. Lips as red as holly berries. Here, he said, passing over the shiny gold box with the silver bow. Why don't you open your birthday present? All right. Holly said, and untied the ribbon. She carefully took off the paper, opened the box, and folded back the turquoise tissue paper. She lifted out a porcelain doll, over fifteen inches tall, dressed like Cinderella in white lace and gold, with glass slippers and a sparkly tiara. The doll's face was almost ridiculously sweet, with heart-shaped, hand-painted lips and bright green eyes. I'm stunned, said Holly, and she was. I hope it wasn't a stupid thing to buy you. It was just, well, I was stopped in traffic at the corner of Ninth and Multnomah, and I saw it in KB's window, staring at me. For some reason, I don't know, I, I just thought of you. She shook her head and said, it must have cost you a fortune. Police discount. She's beautiful. I don't know what to say. Nobody had given Holly a doll since she was seven years old. After she had lost her hearing, her relatives had always given her picture books for her birthday presents and boxes of paints and raffia weaving sets, as if she needed occupational therapy, as if she were no longer a pretty and playful young girl, but a retard. Mickey volunteered, they had a Prince Charming doll, too, but he looked as if he batted for both sides. Daisy's going to be so jealous. Look, her glass slippers come off, and look at her tiny earrings. Mickey watched her with a lopsided smile. Cinderella, he said, just like you. Frumpy welfare worker by day, ravishing princess by night. Holly stopped tweaking Cinderella's bright blonde hair. There was an expression in his eyes which she couldn't quite interpret. Amusement, partly, and flirtation, too, but calculation, as well, as if he were planning something mischievous that included her. All you have to do is wave that magic wand, he told her.
Yes, but what happens when the clock strikes twelve and I go back to being a frumpy welfare worker again? You're still the same person, aren't you? Under the frump? She laid Cinderella back in her box and folded the tissue paper over her. Mickey sat forward. You're not just pretending that you like it? Of course not. She's wonderful. I kept the receipt. Don't be silly. I love her. I saw an apron, and I nearly bought that. It had printed on the front, You ain't heard nothing yet. She laughed and gave him a playful slap on the arm. She couldn't think of anybody else who would have had the nerve to say that to her. He snatched hold of her wrist and said, Hey, I could arrest you for that. Assault and battery. There was one of those moments.